Hello, and welcome to episode 147 of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. We are a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. Today is April 22nd. My name's Kellen, and today I'm joined by my good friend Sergio. What's going on, man? Hey, Kellen. It's going pretty well. Been a good week. Been a little slow at work, which is nice for once. Yeah, I'm doing pretty great. What about you? You know, pretty good. I did have to ask you, though, before we move on, have you visited a Build-A-Bear recently? I have not. Ooh. I mean, hmm. they, they did my boy KK dirty. He didn't get any <gasps> respect or recognition, so I'm waiting for that, and then we'll see. Yeah, I've been seeing all those pictures of um, Isabel's, and I forget who else they've done, Tom Nook. Right. Builderberry is doing this um, promo with Animal Crossing right now where you can go in and get like a stuffed Isabel. So I thought you'd be all over that, but that does make sense. And, you know, I respect your decision. <laughs> yeah. You know, stand with KK. All right. And speaking of K's, we know all the cool people, their names start with K's. So we've got Kevin on the call as well. Kevin, what's going on, man? Oh, man. You did that just so you could be cool yourself. <laughs> Dude. I did. Sorry, yeah. Sergio. You're an honorary <laughs> silent K. Uh, Sergio, K S E R G I O. No, um, I, I'm doing pretty well. You know, in Portland, we are getting some unusual sunny weather. Uh, I'm actually missing rain. I don't know if that's weird to say, but I do like rain, and we're getting some this weekend, and I can't wait. And I'm weird, I know. Um, but uh, yeah, anyone who has a name that starts with K is cool with a k so i mean <laughs> there you go and yeah i'm i'm ready to go man i i don't know i just feel pretty good you know the sun's shining which i'm not used to a lot during this time of year but well in the pacific northwest but yeah i'm good to go awesome we have a pretty exciting episode for us today um we're actually going back to an episode that we did a while ago and i will you know, discuss the topic for today shortly after the news got to create some suspense, but <laughs> yeah, we're going to be going back and revisiting a previous episode type that we've done a long time ago. So it's definitely a throwback for all of our listeners that have been listening for a while, but I wanted to start out today per the usual with some news because I know Sergio and Kevin, you're both really excited about this first thing. Yes. We are getting games for the first time in English. Which one of you guys wants to go ahead and kind of introduce this to the show? Oh, I, I'm sorry, sir. Let yeah. Me take this one. <laughs> <Go for it. laughs> oh my gosh. So we are getting two games on July 27th, 2021. And as the great Shu Takumi uh, has mentioned, in Japanese, it is called Daigyakuken Saiban, One and Su, Naruhodo Ryusuke no Boken, Do Kakugo. Or The Great Ace Attorney Adventures and The Great Ace Attorney 2 Resolve. Yes. Um, yes. Or uh, the, what is it called again? They call it the Ace Attorney, Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Is that right? Yes, or... that's it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. You know what? I just had to say the long name and I said the real name. <laughs> I'm excited because, you know, man, ah, <laughs> episode 121, I am, I'm making a call back right now. Those were the two games that I wanted to have on the Switch and it's going to happen WW, a.k.a. Worldwide, so I'm good to go. What do you think, Serge? <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Awesome, awesome news. Very recently, Capcom did um, a finished ride concert in Japan. 
um, it was streamed worldwide. It was um, it was like a online concert, and it was very heavily focused on the Great Ace Attorney, and they even had like some English. Uh, translated names for the characters so everyone thought hey maybe they're gonna announce it and the concert ended and nothing happened uh but i guess they were saving it because who knows why but who cares <laughs> we, we're getting them finally it's awesome news yeah and you know i love to interact with herlock sholmes i'm good to go i mean look he's gonna be he's a great character in the game obviously not referenced with a certain other character that we all know <laughs> or at least 99 percent of the world knows hopefully um but yeah look i mean we're talking and i'm just quoting from the video right there's a trailer about it 10 mystery packed episodes eight mini escapades over 50 hours of gameplay and fun i mean look 50 hours for like 40 dollars i mean come on that's that's a steal i'm i'm ready i mean we're talking about revisiting the turn of the 20th century, Meiji era Japan, and Victorian London. I mean, Ryu Nosuke, Naruhodo, like that, he's my man. I'm, he, has a, he has a sword. <laughs> I mean, that's going to come into play. I don't know if it is, but if it, if it does, great. But you know what? I'm just ready for some more Ace Attorney action, that visual novel juiciness. I'm feeling delicious, Serge, about this game. I'm nice. feeling very delicious. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, pretty exciting news. And as we mentioned, first time in English, so... Really exciting that we get it on the Switch. It's definitely yes. um, a genre that the Switch, I think, is lacking in. The visual graphic novel kind of um, mystery solving type games. And so this seems like a really big get. I'm super excited about it. Again, July 27th is when it comes out for $40 for those two games. Ton of content. Definitely one to check out. Um, we also got news about another cool thing, and that is the Instamax Mini Link Printer. Mm. which is kind of coinciding with the release for Pokemon Snap. So the idea of this is you are able to take pictures in-game on your Switch, send it to your smartphone, and then you can then print out almost a Polaroid-type picture mm -hmm. from your phone to the printer. And so obviously games like Animal Crossing, Pokemon Snap, that really involve kind of building an environment or just taking cool pictures is really going to thrive with this. And so... I want to pass it off to you guys because those definitely seem to be more of your types of games. So when an accessory like this comes out, is this something you're like super interested in or is it just kind of a nice thing to have? I think it's a nice thing to have. Uh, what I was thinking earlier is that, you know, nowadays most people are more into the digital side of ph photography and even just having things. We'd rather have it on our phone only because it's more convenient. So it's a nice thing to have. And for those that prefer physical photographs and just printing, um, even like regular photographs. Yeah, this could be a nice diversion. But, you know, the printer itself, it's a little costly. And then imagine the 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 cost of paper too so i mean it's nice to have maybe just for like the very very special photographs yeah honestly i am pretty excited that this is going to be a thing because uh, i don't know if you guys uh are aware of how i think there's there's this big there's a decent scene of like people who take polaroids and or instax uh which is the fujifilm version uh you know and and i think it's pretty unique because you know, the focus isn't just on getting the the best clear picture as you would with like DSLRs or those kind of like, you know, those professional cameras, but it's more so just capturing the moment and and just 
those candid cap those candid moments where um you can just put it on a polaroid and it's just instant and then you can just put it on like a photo album or just have it as a decorative item in your house or just and and it's i don't know what it is but there's like the there's like a there's there's a bit of a nuance when it comes to these polaroids slash insects and i think that nintendo is doing a great job tapping into that sort of industry mm-hmm. um and i don't know for me like i've recently gotten more into polaroids because one of my favorite YouTubers of all time, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but his name is MKBHD, MKBHD, aka Marcus Brownlee. He is a phenomenal tech YouTuber. Uh, he reviews tech, and he did a retro tech episode on Polaroids, and it was at, in, in, you know, shout out to Marcus Brownlee. Definitely watch that if you guys are interested in Polaroids and the history about it and the impact it has on today's world and all that. So I think this is a great win, and... I I love to see more of this coming out because Polaroids, Instax, this is like a really cool thing for another way for people to express themselves through the art of photography. So, yeah, it is really neat. I really do like the idea that Sergio brought up of having more of like the physical picture because growing up, I remember my parents taking pictures with even disposable cameras, dropping them off, and getting like the film developed. And it was always cool to flip through you know the physical photos and even look at them now and see how they turned out. Whereas it's so easy for us to take like 10 pictures in a row on our phone and delete a couple. Yeah. I think it's just neat to hold that um, really moment in time in your hands, which is really neat. And so like Kevin had mentioned, Instax have been a thing for a while. And so this isn't necessarily a new product, but they are rolling out a blue and red variant for the Switch. And that'll be just short of $100. But they're also doing a Pikachu version, which has the printer, but it comes with a silicone Pikachu case around it. And it looks really cool, actually. And that's going to be 120 for the case and for the actual printer. And that comes out next month to coincide with Pokemon Snap. So overall, I think it's a really cool accessory. Um, not one that I would necessarily buy, but I can definitely see people using this really well. Um, not only for Pokemon Snap or Animal Crossing. I saw, I saw this funny tweet earlier today about a guy that was going to use it to take screen captures of when he was beating his friend in Smash. <laughs> and then he would print it out and hand it to him, like, just as a memory of how bad he lost to him in Smash. So, I mean, there are a lot of different ways you can use it. The refills are pretty expensive. We have a Polaroid um, camera, and yeah, the refills can be expensive. But I think being able to take the picture digitally on the Switch first and then print them out, you're kind of a little more sure before committing to using yeah, the paper. True. So, mm-hmm. yeah, overall, it's a really cool thing to see, and I love seeing accessories like this come out. Yeah, and... You know what, Kellen? You mentioned a very good point earlier, where uh, when we have something physical that you can you can get after like ten minutes or so, whereas for if you just take a, a like a a flurry of pictures on your phone and you just delete a couple and forget about it, like we take this for granted um, for the most part. But for for Polaroids, these Instax, it's like you know they they feel more precious, they feel more special. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So I think that's going to go ahead and wrap us for news items and to finally get to. The topic at hand, I know, kind of prefaced this a bit with it being a returning idea for an old episode, but we are bringing back the metagame. So shout out to episode 33, which was titled metagame number one, which made you wait this long for metagame number two. I, I sincerely hope it was worth waiting for. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. 
But Sergio, um, do you want to go ahead and kind of give a rundown on what the metagame is and how this episode's kind of going to go? Yes, definitely. So the metagame, it's a card game. You can actually buy these cards and, and play this yourself. And it's not all about video games, but of course, we're going to go with that route. And actually, we're going to put a little twist on it. We are only featuring RPGs for this particular session of the metagame what's going to happen is we're each going to get assigned three random rpgs actually you're going to get one traditional rpg and then the middle one is going to be sort of like a pseudo rpg we're going to take a little bit of leniency with the the middle one it might be like an action rpg or a strategy rpg you know and then the third one is going to be another traditional one so you're going to have a little bit of, of options to choose from. So you're going to be given three games that you have to choose from. And then we're all going to get the same random question. And we have to answer that question with one of the three games that we're given. You're going to have a few seconds to think about your answer. And then you have a few minutes to give an argument. Basically uh, state why you chose that game to best answer that question. You don't have to be right with your answer. You just have to make a good argument about it. So even if you don't know any of your three games, but if you can <laughs> make something up really well, you could win. So we're going to do a round each, and then we're going to decide who we think had the best argument. All right. I'd love to argue with you guys. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> nice. Well, just to add to the randomness, uh, Kellen, can you give me a number between 1 and 30? Oof. 35. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> Let's go 24. 24. Okay. And Kevin, what about you? Same. Two. Two. Okay. Yes. We have a starting point then. Oh. So, okay. Kellen, your first three games are, uh, I guess th these are kind of a, a duo. So you get to pick between either one, either Bastion or Transistor. Mm, I like Fire Emblem Awakening, and Dragon Quest Builders. Those okay. are your choices. Kevin, you're going to get Final Fantasy IV. Okay. Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Adventure Pack. The greatest RPG <laughs> of all time. <laughs> right. Which I wish I had gotten. And Disgaea. Whoa. Any of the Disgaea games. That's just the series. So any game. Okay. Yeah, good choices. All right. Yeah, and great choices. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to have Final Fantasy VII. Ooh, nice. The Legend mm. of Zelda Majora's Mask. Mm. And Pandora's Tower, the one for Wii. Ooh. And the first question is, which Pikmin tastes the best? Wait, oh. No, hold on. Sorry, <laughs> Yo, that, that card shouldn't be here. That's a, that's a side project. Um, you didn't hear that? That. No, you didn't hear that, okay? I would uh, hear it every week. <laughs> Without fail. <laughs> First question, which is more tragic? Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Which, is, which game is more tragic? Yes. Which of your three games would you say is the most tragic? Ah, oh, that's a tough okay. choice. Okay, so just to double check, I have Final Fantasy IV, uh, Aim the Disguise series, and... The, the drum game. Yes. <laughs> I really want you to do the drum game here. Please. Okay. All right. Can you, wait, what was the title of the drum game? <laughs> Sorry. Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Adventure Pack. Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Adventure Pack. Okay, perfect. All right, got it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, hey, if you're ready, you can go for it. I mean, no, I'm... Oh, oh I mean, I'm, I'm ready to... Okay. 
okay. I'm ready to think about it. <laughs> oh my god, this is already a disaster for me. Okay, go. Cool. I'm deciding oh, okay. between two. That's a tough you know, one. You know what? I'm already. I've already decided. <laughs> I've already decided, man. Okay, okay so, I'm gonna yeah. go. Because okay, I've decided, and in, in this is really tragic, I'm going to go with The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Mm. The game itself is very tragic. You know, it's it's about dealing with loss and dealing with mystery and a lot of things going wrong and b- very scary stuff. But also, the game itself, you know, um, it was a, a bit of a departure from the, the prequel, which was The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. The team was a little bit rushed, so that was tra- a little bit tragic for them as well. And then when you play the game, you know, and it's not what you were expecting compared to the previous game, that sounds a little tragic to me. So I think Majora's Mask is tragic in many ways. Not to say it's a bad game. It's just a tragic one. Y- you know what? I mean, look, I... I, I'm glad you didn't choose Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a you know, it's a it's a good case. And Majora's Mask, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I've actually never played it, so I that's a tra- that's a tra- that's tragic. Itself, so. <laughs> that's it's very tragic. <laughs> and no pitchforks, please. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, may I go? <laughs> sure. I'm gonna choose Taiku no Testujin. Okay. Look, I mean. <laughs> Y'all know Don Chan, right? I mean, he had two, supposedly two exciting RPG adventures in this realm of of rhythmic heaven, of like, you know, just going through his path to becoming the best drummer that never was. But through all the rhythm, through all the music and the life that he's lived, you know, there was a point in these two games. Now, this may or may not be true, but in my situation, I'm going to say right now that there's there's a situation where... That rhythm was gone, and he was offbeat, and it's like, yo, my life's over, and you just see him just lose his bleep, and you, he just doesn't have the rhythm anymore, and talk about role-playing games, this is a, I mean, he, he can't even play any roles, man, I mean, he's just gone, and he loses all sense of his being, it's not a relaxing adventure anymore, it's about survival, and, I mean, what a tragedy, I mean, for a, for a game like this, where rhythm is key, when you're off rhythm, that's like the tr- the worst thing that can happen in a musical game. So put that frown on his face because it's it's not rhythm anymore. And you just spend a lot of the time in this game trying to find his rhythm back. Does he? Does he? Does he? Does he get it back? That's for you to find out. Sergio, you may or may not believe this is true, but in this case, that's a tragedy. So there you go. Wow. Wow, I thought you were really going to lean into needing a Bluetooth adapter to play the game and how tragic that is, but... <laughs> you know what? I, I I didn't think about that, but I thought more within the game, but that would have been a really good answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure most people played the drum game for the lore and story, the character <laughs> development, yeah. but... <laughs> well, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, man. So, based on my options, I think the choice is pretty clear. I'm going to go with Fire Emblem Awakening. Because if you're a normal person, one of the most tragic parts of RPGs is when a character dies, especially permanently. Um, People that enjoy deaths in RPGs just aren't right in the head. I think they've just overdosed on Pikmin or some sort of substance that isn't food, but they think it is. Um, It's just this vicious cycle. Um, But yeah, anyway, this isn't about Pikmin. This is about Fire Emblem Awakening and just how tragic it is. 
<laughs> so imagine a game that focuses so much on the characters, getting to know them, building relationships with them, truly caring about them, and then going out and fighting shoulder to shoulder, overcoming great battles together, feeling like you're going to die next to each other, and then eventually you're holding someone in your arms as they die. And it's permanent because the person playing the game didn't set it to casual mode. They're hardcore. <laughs> Nothing is more tragic than permadeath um, because no video game magic is going to happen here. They aren't coming back. They're gone. And truthfully, that's that's pretty tragic. It hits oh, a bit man. surreal. I don't know. That's oof, boy. Okay. Wow. This is it's gone morbid all of a sudden. <laughs> Got tragic. I gotta uh, say, I was gonna, I was convinced by Kevin until I heard Kellen. I gotta go with Kellen. I think Kellen stole that one. I was gonna say, I thought I might have gotten this one, but I think Kellen did too. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh man, I appreciate yeah. it. I vote for myself too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I mean permadeath, and I, look, we don't. Do we have anybody who likes Pikmin and likes to eat them? I don't know, but if we do. That's permadeath right there. I mean, <laughs> permadeath. Oh no, no pitchforks, guys. I mean, our audience. <laughs> nice, nice, very well done. All right, next mm-hmm. round. So, Kellen, your games: Child of Light, Monster Hunter. This is just the series, so any game from there. Okay. And World of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. All right, Kevin. Mm. Ooh, nice. You get Nino Kuni. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ogre Battle hmm. and ooh, <laughs> Little Town Hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I think Kellen knows a little bit about that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my choices are Final Fantasy IX. No uh, <laughs> oh, way. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Grandia, the series in general. And... Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Legend or Adventure, the Game Boy games. Oh, man. That would be a good question. The question is, which is more of an embarrassment to all games? This is a good question. <laughs> wow. Which is more of an embarrassment to all games? Oh, okay, I'll, I'll go first. Look, guys, girls, everyone in the world. Look, Game Freak, oh, gosh. I mean, they're, it's, they're a company that just does one thing okay and when they tried something new it's not okay like this is an embarrassment i mean little town hero like come on man like i mean yeah it was a great effort and they tried they tried to be actually good at a game but it's an embarrassment i mean it wasn't that great it was forgettable i mean yeah there's a little charm here and there and yeah you're it, but it's only you're a little town that's it you're, you're not a big city you're not you're not even a little city you're just a little town hero i mean like what the heck like that's it i mean yeah you i mean yeah it's cool like you have like this sort of like card system where you know you're in this unique combat with and you can execute these core abilities but i mean a lot of games have that nothing new it's an embarrassment come on game freak i mean look it's it's even in your title this is a freak of a game it's not even it's not even an actual good game it's over is there gonna be a sequel hell no i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) big town hero (laughs) now that would be your game but this is not this game. It's Little Town Hero. <laughs> what a disappointment. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Final Fantasy IX. And that, okay. that's a hot take, but I can explain and you're, you're going to agree with this. 
Think about this. We had Final Fantasy VII first. It's still considered one of the most iconic RPGs, even to date. We had that as the starting point, the turning point of Final Fantasy games. You know, that's when they went to PlayStation and things really changed. And a lot of people kind of, even more people noticed Final Fantasy. Then we had Final Fantasy VIII, which maybe not as many people liked it as, as they liked Seven, But a lot of people still did. A lot of us, uh, two of us at least, have really, really liked it. And a lot of people still, you know, put Final Fantasy VIII right up there next to Seven, And rightfully so. If not, you know, more than that. But then what happens after eight? Then comes nine, right? And you would expect the same quality to remain. You know, you might think, well, it's not going to be as good as eight, but it's going to be close. Or it might be close to seven. And it, it ended up being pretty disappointing. And not not to say that nobody likes Final Fantasy IX. I, don't, I know there's like nine fans, I think, around the world, which is kind of ironic <laughs> if you think about it. Uh, but but I mean, you would have you would have expected for them to be a lot more. You had the backbone of seven, uh, and then eight to to even back it up even more. So you had two really good RPGs, and then something happens and you mess this up pretty badly compared to the other two that's a little bit embarrassing not in especially if you consider that the next one final fantasy 10 is also a beloved entry in this series so something really bad happened in nine i mean eight is great 10 is great what happened in the middle an embarrassment what else Hmm. (laughs) sergio you didn't even have to debate that to me (laughs) 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 but you did it well and you made me proud nice um i'm going to piggyback off your answer and i'm gonna go with world of final fantasy because i don't know if i could really justify a child of light or monster hunters being embarrassments um they're critically acclaimed games and series so i'm gonna try my hand at this and i'm not familiar with this because i haven't played it (laughs) but it almost plays to my advantage because when i thought of world of final fantasy i was like oh there's no way i could argue against that being an embarrassment to other games It's probably so cool, like Final Fantasy has all these really cool characters. They've got Cloud and Sephiroth and Tifa and Squall and um, Vivi, all these really cool characters that I've come to love as I've played through video games. And as I'm reading the plot for this, you're playing as two main protagonists, twin siblings, Lon and Rain. I don't even know how to pronounce their names because they're such an embarrassment. Um, (laughs) If I were a child at GameStop and I'm wearing my my Final Fantasy t-shirt because I'm just such a big fan, and I see this game on the shelf, I'm like, wow, the world of Final Fantasy. I'll be able to have all these really cool encounters, play as all my favorite characters, all wrapped up into one game. Then I go home and I start it up and it's these two young twins just like traveling through different towns. Um, I'd be pretty disappointed. I think it's kind of embarrassing that they decided to give this game this name when they could have delivered so much more like a way grander package for what Final Fantasy is. You're running around as chibi twins through a world just having random encounters as far as I understand. And it just feels like it could have been so much more. Um, I'm not going to say this is the most embarrassing Final Fantasy game because there's a couple ahead of it. (laughs) Nine or 15, but um, this is definitely up there. And I think it's so embarrassing. That's just why no one talks about it. It's part of the Final Fantasy franchise, but no one wants it to be. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, no. A lot of of Final Fantasy hate. (laughs) Uh, Man, now we have to pick the best argument out of those. 
I don't know. I mean, like we we just trashed like two <laughs> of the biggest <laughs> franchises in the world, and I I kind of I kind of feel bad about Game Freak, but I'm I'm sticking to my answer. <laughs> I don't know. No, this is hard. I, I I don't know. This is kind of hard to decide. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to vote for Sergio, so I'll go ahead and just throw that out there. Ooh. I, I was choosing between you and Kellen. I mean, or you guys, Kellen and Sergio. I'm not sure. This is kind of tough. Uh, Mon and Rain. It's not Rain time, like Xenoblade, so... I mean, that's... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Kellen again. Just barely, but yes. I can't decide. I'm sorry, guys. I think you guys. All right, Kevin, it's your pick, Min. <laughs> I got. I gotta do a draw. I think you guys did a pretty good job. Um, You're gonna vote for yourself. No, I'm not. Am I gonna vote for myself? Yeah. I'm not even gonna vote for myself. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's a draw. Or, uh, between you guys, I'm not sure. But um, I mean, look, Final Fantasy Nine, World Final Fantasy. I don't even know how. I don't even never played that game before. So, uh, Final Fantasy Nine. You know. The creator of Final Fantasy Nine, or the creator of Final Fantasy series in general, Final Fantasy Nine is his favorite. So that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I can't decide. I can't decide between you guys. So you can't. Oh no. You know, I'm gonna be honest here. So it's a, so it's a draw. The draw. I know. It's both I, embarrassing I, and tragic. It's a bit. It's a. It's a sorry answer. I understand, but I can't. I gotta go with my heart. You can't decide on this one. So. Oof. All right. <laughs> all right then third round so kellen here are your games final fantasy 8 Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay uh, you also get skyrim okay and octopath traveler hmm. oh man heavy wow. hitters nice all right kevin you get oh man sonic chronicles the dark brotherhood <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay. Oh, it, it it exists. You also okay, get okay. Fantasy Life. Okay. And I am Setsuna. Oh, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and my choices are Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one, Super Paper Mario, and oh wow, <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles Two. <laughs> mm, interesting. Oh boy. All right. Okay. The question is. Which has a more satisfying core mechanic? Ooh, okay. I think well, I've got my pick chosen if you want me to go first. Okay. Mm-hmm. So kind of looking over this list, Skyrim, I've played very little of, and I don't know that there's like necessarily a core mechanic to the game just because it's so grand. Final Fantasy VIII, I honestly don't really care for the core mechanic of drawing material off of them, so <laughs> process of elimination here. I'm going for Octopath Traveler. And I think the core mechanic of this game is its job system because you're able to move the different jobs to any of your characters, but you can also assign two jobs to them. So you can get really cool synergies. You could have like a dancing thief or you could have like a beast tamer mage. It just opens the door to so many different possibilities, so many different synergies on your team. It also changes um, the way that your characters appear, which is really cool. So... It provides a lot of ways for you to really strategize going into each battle. It provides a ton of variety, which is something that RPGs really lack. And overall, I think it's just the best job system I've ever encountered in a game. Oh, nice. Mm. Very solid. Nice. Well, I'm going to go with the the oddball here. It's not really an RPG, 
But I think we can agree that the core mechanic in Super Paper Mario really stands out. Uh, yeah, it might not be an RPG. It's more of a platformer with RPG elements. But man, the platforming that you get here. Uh, basically, you can play in in two versions of 2D in a way. You can switch the perspective of your world. We all know and love the way a traditional 2D Mario game looks, right? But have you ever wondered what is Mario seeing when he's facing forward? What does he see? What perspective is he getting? How... How does he know where to jump on the enemies? Are they like maybe to his left or to his right? We don't know. We just see him. We just see the enemies in front of him. So in Super Paper Mario, you can actually switch the perspective and you can see what's really going on. You can see a lot of crazy things that you wouldn't have imagined are happening. And it's it's thanks to the power of the Wii or I guess the, um, not the gimmick, but the, the opportunities that the Wiimote brought into gameplay. And yeah, Super Paper Mario, that was a, a great mechanic. It's a really good game also, but the mechanic here is, it was a game changer. Nice. Mm. What does Mario see in front of him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the obvious choice here. I mean, Sonic Chronicles, the Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> I mean, I, I tell you, you know, th they do something that I haven't really seen a lot in games and RPGs for a very long time. So... Basically, when you're when you're in combat, um, you have you have two screens, right? Because it's on the DS. So basically, the top screen will have like your characters like Sonic, Tails, and you know, I was to say Knuckles. And then uh, on in the middle, you'll actually see uh, the the list of like when they do their attack and the enemies that they'll face, which is pretty cool because like it kind of has like that tactics sort of feel because you you know who's coming, who's gonna you know when they're going to attack and then they have this one thing which is pretty cool where they have these special attacks called pow moves uh, that's not how to say it but i'm gonna say that. pow <laughs> and basically you can do these moves in one fashion by tapping the stylus in a rhythmic fashion so there's a bit of a there's kind of a music thing involved where you gotta be rhythmic while you're playing i mean that's awesome right like when you have an rpg that exudes this confidence of this of this prowess where you have to be in you have to have that rhythm to fight. Like that adds a new dimension of how to fight in an RPG. And so that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't see that in, you know, Octopath. I don't see that in uh, Nino Kuni or Super Paper Mario or even Final Fantasy. Not even a thing. It's not even a thing. But only Sonic can do it. And I cannot believe that a Sonic RPG has the audacity to even make this an incredible <laughs> style of gameplay. So, pow, <laughs> boom, book it. So, oh, man. That's the most satisfying core mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> you almost had me. Uh, no, nah, but I have to go with Kellen. Man, I have to go with Kevin. I mean, he's pretty theatric about that. I could tell he's got a deep passion for this game. He's probably got like 10 copies. And... <laughs> I think he just sold it really well. I mean, I jumped when he did the pow. And so, <laughs> yeah, that, that just sold it for me. I'm going with Kevin here. Oh, man. Am I allowed to vote for myself? I don't know. No. I mean, I did the first time, but I had already won it, so. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? Um, I kind of like yours, Sergio. I, I, I do wonder what Mario <laughs> 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 for, so. No, I, I uh, yeah, I... 
Wow. There you go. I'm just gonna. Is this a? Is this a tie? It's another draw. <laughs> oh dang. Okay. Ah uh, well, I guess we're equally good or bad at this game. So. <laughs> so yeah, the score is still Kellen ahead by one, even though we've done three <laughs> rounds. Oh man. All right. Next round, Kellen. Your games are Breath of Fire, Puzzle Quest. And the Legend of Heroes. Wait. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. All right, Kevin. You get Quest 64. Mm-hmm. Sheeran the Wanderer. Ooh. And Pokemon Trading Card Game. Jealous. Oh, Jealous. Oh, my God. <laughs> what was the second one again? Sheeran the Wanderer. Sheeran the Wanderer. Okay. I've obviously heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And my choices are Mario and Luigi, the series, Zelda Ocarina of Time, oh, and Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. Ooh. And the question is, which takes longer to appreciate? Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to level right now. I had to Google Legend of Heroes, and then I was really embarrassed <laughs> when I saw the results. <laughs> Oh no! It's like, oh, that's that game Kevin loved and used to talk about before he started ranting about other ones. Well, I mean, that's that's part of the series. There's that's chosen sky, but yeah. <laughs> hmm. Which takes longer to appreciate? <sighs> I mean, if 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 if, if, if I'm saying it like many, many times. No, but I I think I'm ready. All right, go for it. So. For those who have been a part of the Pokemon phenomenon for a long time, I think the whole thing about it is that you know we're so fixated on the the trading cards, not actually knowing how to play. I could barely count the number of people who actually knew how to play the game, <laughs> the trading card game itself. <laughs> and when Pokemon trading card game came out, it was actually the first time that you actually saw a company like Game Freak actually making a game to teach you how to play a trading card game that deserved a lot more credit than than it than it had. And I when I first played it, it was just like, okay, taught taught me how to play. And you know, yeah, it was cool. Like, okay, I learned how to play great. Uh and then I went ahead and just didn't really play in real life that much. You know, I still collected cards. But then as I thought about it for a long time, as it marinated in my mind, um I start to realize that wow, like after you know twenty some odd years, like I really appreciated the train card game on the GBA. Like it is definitely, honestly, it's in my top thirty. And I mean, I'm saying that because I played a lot of games in the past, and it definitely is underappreciated. And it took me it took, and I'm sure it t took a lot longer for a lot of people to appreciate it because it actually taught you how to play the game. It's actually very revolutionary because I feel like it is the first game that taught people how to play an actual trading card game that was so focused on just collecting rather than the actual mechanics of the game. And I think that when people started learning how to play the trading card game, and for those who were able to pick it up right after they played the GBA game, like I think that it honestly, it was just a goldmine in the world of games where, you know, we need more of this kind of game. We need more of these games that can teach you how to play the actual game. I mean, look, this is all about teaching. This is all about appreciating the gems that we should appreciate a long time ago. I mean, this is a really good game. And for those who 
did not play it. You guys missed out. So, yep. Mm, I like that. Well, I mean, I'm sorry to take this direction, but I think it's necessary in order to appreciate the franchise that Mario and Luigi, quote unquote, is more accurately. We have to say it was because Oof. as we may or may not know, you know, Alpha Dream, the, the main developer we had this franchise, you know, they, they had to go bankrupt and they're no longer with us. So this franchise is no longer with us. And I, I feel like as unfortunate as that may be, it adds to to how how long it has taken us to appreciate this series, right? Um a lot of people didn't know about it or they, they didn't really care. They Maybe they thought, oh, it's just like Paper Mario. Um, it's It stole Paper Mario from us because look at what Paper Mario is now. And the RPG side went to this other fake franchise that we don't like. And now that it's gone, a lot of people are going back to the games. Unfortunately, there's a couple of remakes on the 3DS. And yeah, people can track down those older games and enjoy this This amazing franchise honestly but i feel like it took that long for people to appreciate it and it took that long for the company the developer to to fold in order for people to realize that and yeah that's unfortunate i I mean gladly some of us actually enjoy the games as they came out but not everyone did that's unfortunate Mm. so i'm going to take a bit of a different angle going into my answer because I think this game requires you to spend the most time in the game to learn to appreciate it, and that's Puzzle Quest. So this is a game that actually came out on Switch too. I believe it's not necessarily a port of the first one, but they brought it back. They added like additional quests and things, right. and it was pretty hyped up in our community. And so I bought it day one, and I played a couple rounds, and I was like, oh, cool, it's Bejeweled with, like, some quests. That's neat. <laughs> and I played for, like, five hours, and I put it down. And then I tried picking it up, and it just wasn't, like, super interesting. Sure, there's, like, 240 quests, but they're all go back to this place, fight this guy, go to point B, go back to point A. That guy's stronger. There's no, like, real gripping story that follows along with it. And so you really have to spend a lot of time learning the the mechanics of the game because... It really does look like Bejeweled when you look at it. There's different colored jewels and they're falling down a grid and you're trying to match them to get bonuses, which gives you mana. And then you use the mana to cast spells to ultimately damage your opponent. And so when you first start playing, you're like, oh cool, this is like the mobile game on my phone I can download for free. There's like a hundred of them on the (laughs) app store. But the more time you spend with it, the more you begin to appreciate it because you gain new abilities as you level up and you really learn about the strategy of the game of trying to not only make one connection through a move, but making two due to the way that the gems fell. And as you're building up the mana and you're counting out the mana that you need to, you know, deliver that killing blow to your opponent, that becomes super satisfying, but it's not something that comes to you all at once when you start because the skin of the game is just like this casual jewel matching game, but it's really deep and it's actually really satisfying once you get into it. It just really takes that time to break through and realize it's more than just bejeweled on the switch. Wow! Nice. Oh my gosh. Um, so I'll, I already made my evaluation, uh, Sergio. I didn't <laughs> like yours. Obviously, I I do like the fact that you incorporate the idea of how we don't really appreciate something until it's gone, like a like a great artist, a great artist's artwork. But I think Kellen nailed it on the head because I like 
how you inference the or you alluded to a very core concept that I live by a lot in my life, and it is um you know hard work beats talent and when in terms of like spending that time like a lot of good things take time and when you spend that much time to really see into the fine details of like what a game actually is um i think that alone is what developers appreciate their their players to to see and i think that like you said it's more than just a bejeweled game you know, we got to see beneath the surface. And so I think Kellen nailed this one by just a bit. So I'm going to give it to Kellen. Oh, nice. You know, I almost agree. I mean, as far as the argument goes, the answer, I think Kellen is right. But Kevin, I like your approach to it and in the choice that you went with in the, the, the approach you took with it. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with you in a Pokemon trading card game. I like your, your spin on it, emphasizing that you know, it's a game that actually teaches you the game, and we need more of those. I like that. Mm. Mm. Oh. Sergio, I really liked your answer, but our listeners have waited 114 episodes for the follow-up to this. We are not going to keep a draw going. Um, Kevin, I'm giving it to you, man. Not only because of that, but because I absolutely love the Pokemon trading card game. And I think it definitely does take that time to learn to appreciate it. So your argument was super convincing. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, we need this game to be on the Switch. Come on, yes. Nintendo. Let's make Game Freak good again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no. Game Freak's already good. But I think that Game Freak can make <laughs> make, it ha- make it happen. Make it happen. So here we go. <laughs> nice. All right. Next round. Kellen, your games are the Tales of series. So any of those. Okay. Mm. Diablo. Again, ooh. any of those. And, oh boy, Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition HD. <laughs> All right. Let's go. <laughs> nice. All right, Kevin. Ooh, you're getting Chrono Trigger. Okay. The Persona series. Mm-hmm. And Blossom Tales. Okay. That's Perfect. on the Switch. On the switch. And my choices are Earthbound, mm-hmm. Star Tropics, or X Men Legends. Oh boy, I'm gonna struggle with this one. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> selection there. <laughs> Ooh, the question is, which is more of a sport? <laughs> what? Um. Okay. <laughs> what? Which is more of a sport? This is going to be fun. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Which is more of a sport? So which is more like basketball? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not the only sport. It's a good sport. but um. Well, I think I'm going to go with Earthbound. And here's my reasoning. Not only does Ness have a bat, which is sport related, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's Earthbound... It sounds like uh, something is coming to Earth from somewhere else. So you could say it's it's a home run in in a way. If if um, Earth is home and to us it is, at <laughs> least I believe that's mm-hmm. the case for most of us. So that sounds really sporty to me. Um, I mean, the bat alone tells you, hey, this is a sport game dressed as an RPG, right? I mean, the main character has a bat. I mean, come on, what else do you need? So yeah, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Chrono Trigger. Um, look, like, as a group of characters in the game, going from time time period to time period and going and engaging all these battles, especially with the active time battle system, you're not stationary. You're always moving, right? You see these characters just moving and, you know, you know, grinding their gears to the to the to the pulp. That's not even a saying, I just made it up. Um I mean look, just they are with blood sweat here, they are fighting to to do what's right. I'm not. I'm just saying this because I don't want to spoil the story. And they are trying to defeat all these monsters. I mean, you have Chronos, uh, who was the main character. His sword spinning cyclone tech, right? It is that requires a tremendous amount of ability. And in sport, that is one and the same. Like you are exercising this physical strength, this physical stamina, this mental, this this uh. This grit and grind the mentality to be able to win and be great. And you have these texts that are these magic and special physical techniques uh, that they have to go, you know, day in, day out. I mean, you see them in the game, but do you realize how much they sweat, how much they have to suffer through battle after battle? That in itself is a sport. But bam. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, when I think of iconic sports, obviously there's basketball, football, soccer, baseball, and Diablo. Um, <laughs> Diablo is absolutely a sport, and I've been petitioning for decades to get it into the Olympics because it's just a travesty that it's not there. When I think of sports, I think of team-based games, and as we know, um, different athletes on team-based games, they... They're really masters of their craft and their skill. You don't want your center in football throwing passes or running because that's the job of the quarterback and the running back. That's what they're good at. And so in Diablo, you don't want to go into a dungeon with without a healer because that's their job. They're going to work together to heal you. Maybe you're the damage dealer. And together as a team, you're going to accomplish a goal. And really, when you boil down sports, that's what it is. It's a group of people with different attributes and skills Utilizing those together to complement each other to defeat someone or reach some sort of goal. And really, that's what Diablo is once you peel back all the layers. You can work cooperatively. You can also be competitive against each other. And so just the openness of how you want to improve yourself, the skills you want to focus on, and then how you're going to work together to achieve a goal absolutely makes Diablo a sport. Mm. Oh, nice. I would, you yeah, know, I would like to be a healer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kellen, if you had called it Diablo, oh, I'm going to go with your dang answer. It. Dang it. I, I'm going to have to go with Kevin. Oh. That's fair. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's the best phrase I've heard this week. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. This is hard. Um I might have to give it to Sergio. I mean, look, you, I mean, Ness and a bat, I love using Ness in Smash, and I love using the bat, even though it's not as, oh. <laughs> um, not as, it, there's times where I can't land it that well, but I mean, look, I mean, it's a home run. I mean, that is a, that is a, that is literally a sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to bunt on this one either. I think Sergio gets it. Yep, Ooh. he does. <laughs> ah, nice. All right, next round. Mm. Kellen, you get Final Fantasy VI. 
Ooh. Ever Oasis, the 3DS game. And <laughs> Bakugan Champions of Bestroya. Game of the year. All right, Kevin, you get yeah. Secret of Mana. Okay. Ooh, you get Hades. Mm. Ooh, and you get Cat Quest. Cat oh, Quest? Oh, come on. Yo. I don't Cat Quest. <laughs> I don't even have a cat, but I'm on a quest for one. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Right. There we go. My choices yeah. are Dragon Quest Eleven. Ooh, the meta game. <laughs> That's meta. And The Last Story. <gasps> oh, I wish I played that. <laughs> Ooh, and the question is, which requires more finesse? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think my answer is pretty clear. Um, when I think of games for intellectuals, obviously there's <laughs> Go, there's Chess, there's Checkers, and there's Bakugan. Um, <laughs> you cannot go into a Bakugan battle unprepared or lacking the mental finesse that you need, because if you mismanage your Bakugan... That's just tragic and embarrassing. Um, Bakugan are very sophisticated orbs, I guess you could say. They aren't like Pokemon, um, where they're kind of bland and just need to be petted. Bakugans are, they are intellectually demanding, and mismanagement of them is just catastrophic. You have to go in with the perfect battle strategy. You have to roll out the perfect Bakugan at the perfect time. And nothing is more satisfying than when you've completely outsmarted your opponent. I think we've all been there as we play Bakugan on the playground. Um, the kid you challenged rolls out a Bakugan and he fell for your trap. Like, you know you've got him because you switch out Bakugan and you totally destroy him with a counterattack. And I don't know. I think we can all agree as intellectuals because we're all incredibly smart on this podcast. Um, Bakugan <laughs> requires that finesse that few... Anyone can play Bakugan, but few can master it. It really requires that mental finesse that we possess. Nice. Very well said. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now I want a Bakugan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, initially I was thinking of going with the meta game as my answer, uh, but luckily I. I I was able to to pull some finesse and and I chose my answer more carefully with more finesse and I'm going with the last story. Mm -hmm. Now this is an RPG for the Wii and it was actually directed and co-written by Hironobu Sakaguchi. I said that mm -hmm. with a lot of finesse, by the way. Uh, <laughs> he was the original creator of Final Fantasy. Now think about that. Um, you have. Final Fantasy, huge franchise, is still at that point in time. But uh, this person had the, the mental finesse to, to create something different just for the people that wanted it. I, I mean, that, that says a lot about uh, how the person feels about not only what they make, but just making something that people wanted. He still named it something close to Final Fantasy. I think it takes finesse to do that and, and to not make it sound cheesy, right? Um, it's the Final Fantasy or is the last story. Close enough, but with finesse enough to be different. And the game actually, it, it's uh, beloved by those that played it. And it was, um, it had a lot of controversy because 
it didn't look like we were getting the game, but a lot of uh, parties involved had the the mental finesse to to say, hey, let's bring it everywhere because everyone deserves this game, and we finally got it. So, yeah, the last story. I would like to play that game someday. <laughs> <laughs> With much finesse. Uh, you know what? This is hard. I mean, look, like three very good choices, Secret of Mana, Hades, and Cat Quest. But I think out of all of them, Hades requires the most finesse. I mean, you go into the situation where you're Zagreus, the son of Hades, trying to escape the underworld, which I've already talked about before in the previous episode. But, you know, when you go through the trials and tribulations of fighting these monsters and the bosses and the final boss, which I will not name, uh, it requires a lot of finesse. Like, it's not an easy hack-and-slash kind of game. You have to know how to use your weapon, your dash power, your, your abilities of magic to win, to be great with the power of the gods on your side, or should you not want to do that? So if you don't even want to use the power of the gods or any sort of abilities to help you out, that requires a lot of finesse. It's not an easy game. I mean, I probably would not have been able to go through a run without those powers of the gods. So. You want a good challenge and you want to go in cold turkey if you are able to defeat the last boss without those helpful things on your side that requires maximum finesse boom, 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 bam Hades <laughs> that's it <laughs> or you could just nice. mash the attack button like I did <laughs> zero finesse <laughs> get wrecked All right, Sergio, go ahead and vote quick. Oh, man. Ah. I'm going to go with Kellen. All right. Yeah. I want a Bakugan. Good. <laughs> I finessed you into ordering Bakugan tonight, man. <laughs> Gotta give it to me. We're going to get Bakugan. It's going to be game of the month. It's over. I'm just kidding. No, it's not. We'll see. Well, I don't know. It might be. I'm not going to rule out the possibility. I mean, Bakugan is a pretty awesome uh, thing, series, game. It's a thing. I need to look more into it, but I will now because of Kellen. So there we go. Nice. Yeah. I was going to vote for Sergio. I think he was pretty convincing. Yeah. Uh, thanks. <laughs> that was a good one, too, but I couldn't get away from Bakugan. Yeah, that was, that was too good. Well, yeah, that was kind of unfair, to be honest. <laughs> It's such a trap counterattack. I was like, yo, this is like Yu-Gi-Oh? I mean, I mean, and, and I'm not sure if it is, but yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. I just made all that up, but hey, I'll take the dub. <laughs> take it. <laughs> nice. All right, next round. Kellen, your games are Bravely Default, the first one. <laughs> of the first variety. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You get to be brave once. <laughs> I can't take it. Right I was so brave. That's all I needed. <laughs> so yes. good. Uh, you also get Shin Megami Tensei, the franchise, and Paper Mario Sticker Star. Ooh. Kevin, you get Paper Mario, the original, the N64 version. Okay. You get Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Ooh. And you get Batten Kaitos. That's for the GameCube. Okay, perfect. And my choices are Metopia, Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker, and mm. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Ooh, a good Pokemon game. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> in the question, okay. which is more ridiculous? <laughs> Ooh, all right. Mm. Which is more ridiculous? Ooh, boy. Mm. I, I'm wondering if I want to take the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> mm. I, I can go first. Okay. So for those who may or may not know, I mean, a prominent game in the industry um, or people who are interested in this, uh, Biting Kaitos, Eternal Wings in the Lost Ocean. So this is not your typical RPG. Um, you're not really the protagonist. You're actually a guardian spirit that interacts with the protagonist in this sort of like, it, it's kind of like this dialogue tree, right? And basically what you do is, uh, there's a situation where you're addressing the player and asking questions, and as it is quoted in Wikipedia, giving the sensation of breaking the fourth wall, which is like pretty rare in an RPG at this time. And basically, depending on how you answer these questions, it really uh, gives the protagonist like a, like just a different mindset, and that mindset will affect the way you play the game. And that the way you play the game, like you will have like different stories and branches of things, and so. Um, it does affect the game, even though it plays like a traditional RPG. But you are, you are this guardian spirit, like pretty much just like God mode, and you have these things called Magnus, which are uh, these magical cards that you can use to absorb, as quoted, real world objects for storage and as in later use, acting as container for items as a sense of inventory management, uh, unquote. So you use these cards to store things to attack. And so storage, utility, attack, and there's over a thousand of these in the game, and there's a multiplicative of ways to use this, right? I mean, look, you, you, it's, it is the core essence of the, the game's mechanics. And so you're not really the protagonist, but you're sort of, and you use magical cards to fight and to store items. That's ridiculous. I've never really heard of this kind of concept before. Um... <laughs> And it's within the container of a traditional RPG. That's like teaching an old dog a, b a billion tricks <laughs> and trying to juggle left and right of how to actually play this game properly. So, yeah. And I'm not even, I didn't even get to the story yet, but, I mean, that in itself is ridiculous. So, try that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think my, my answer was pretty clear from the beginning. It's Mythopia. I mean, the name alone just sounds ridiculous, right? And the Mies, there's so much you can do with them, uh, thankfully. Um, you're not locked to just creating human characters. You can make whatever you want. Now, in this game, you form a party and you're trying to save the world in, in various RPG quests. But, like, imagine something as ridiculous as this. You can have K.K. Slider, joined it by Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, you can have Pikachu in your party as well. And I don't know, let's throw in, I don't know, Daryl from Nintendo <laughs> Jump Podcast fame. And all four of them can team up to save the world. I mean, that's, even if they don't succeed, that party alone just deserves everything. Uh, and you can come up with any kind of crazy combination like that. With the combination of anything that you can do with the Mies, human characters or not. There's so many crazy things that you can do in this game, and uh, we feed, we heard some of the ridiculous music on the previous music episode, so it's all coming together. I'm I'm going with Mitopia. Mm. Mm. High praise for Daryl too to get put alongside <laughs> Miyamoto and KK Slider and Pikachu. Those are like your idols, right? 
<laughs> oh, it's like your Mount Rushmore right there. There we go. <laughs> hmm. Actually, the more I think about Metopia, the more I'm actually kind of considering picking it up and trying it out. It just seems really interesting. Oh, nice. But I'm going to go with a series I know nothing about, but I do want to try because it's coming to Switch, and that's Shin Megami Tensei. And mm. reading up on this because the different titles for Switch have been announced for a while, so I've had some time to do a little bit of homework on them. It's a series that's kind of known for its higher difficulty at times, and it's also a series that revolves around a lot of dark themes, mythology. It pulls from a lot of religious names and symbols and illustrations. So in a way, it can be very dark and ridiculous. Um, A lot of the plots revolve around also defeating like a tyrannical god. And so the idea of like defeating a god itself is kind of wacky and ridiculous. Um, So I think there's, I think that this series is good. It's critically acclaimed. I don't doubt that they're good games, but I think it's ridiculous in a multiplicative of ways in first (laughs) the plot in, you know, capturing these demons, training them, and then using them to defeat a god. And it's just kind of like dark and morbid from what I've read. And then the second part Mm -hmm. is it sounds like the gameplay can be kind of ridiculous at times and be kind of unforgiving, which I guess sets the tone for the world. But um, yeah, I would definitely say that this is a ridiculous franchise in that respect. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Tough choice. Um, barely, but I would go with Karen on this one. Ooh, man. I like both yours. I mean, but I got, uh, you know, I got to give the cone. I mean, Shin Megami Tensei, yeah, that, that definitely is it, is, it is one of a kind. And I think he definitely described it a bit better than Sergio, but I do appreciate uh, uh, Sergio, like, I mean, Metopia, and you add, like you said, yeah, Daryl in there, I'm like, oh, man, that's, <laughs> I mean, that 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 deserves, like, like consolation right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I'm going with Sergio on this one. Mm-hmm. His answer, like, made me that much more excited to actually try out Metopia. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that in itself is ridiculous. It's kind of like how I convinced you to buy Bakugan, so yeah. going with Serge here. And look, maybe we can add in the polar bear, uh, the the polar bears, yes. big sister, which I haven't talked about, which yes. I will later on. I mean, look, we're, <laughs> I mean, we are talking about a story for the ages, for children and adults alike. This is this is more than a toy story. This is a bear story in a, in Metopia. So there you go. All right, sounds good. Last round, Kellen, you're getting Undertale. Nice. Mm. Ooh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Oof. Oh, man. And you're getting Pokemon Sun and Moon. Oh. How am I supposed to choose? <laughs> the best in the series. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Yeah. Ooh, you get Mother 3. Okay. Atrian Odyssey. Oh, you're not going to believe this. Mega Man Battle Network. Oh, I'm okay. Very good. <laughs> Nice. And my choices are Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. and South Park, Stick of Truth. Oh, what? That's a good one. What? We're not doing that question. <laughs> oh. Okay. What was it? <laughs> is it which Pikmin is the most delicious? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a which. I mean, we could, I guess. Which goes better with a hot dog and a beer? Which we goes could do better that. 
with a hot dog and a beer. Okay. Oh, all right. Hmm. Is there a game on my list you'd have to be drunk to enjoy? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Pokemon Sun and Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then you, you don't have to pet your Pokemon every five seconds. You just, like, forget about them for a few more seconds. I don't know. I don't know. Don't forget your Pokemon, guys. Just don't. <sighs> okay. What goes better with a hot dog and a beer? All right. I, I, I got it. Look, it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. Saturday lunch time, and you know, you, you got your grill. You're grilling some dogs, <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> and, you know, you got some beers. You know, you got, you got, not, not the, not the natty ice, because nobody likes that, okay? We're a non natty ice show, okay? Unless you're playing beer pong, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> you have some craft beer in your igloo, right, with some ice. You get one of the hot dogs, you put it on a whole wee bun, and you get one of the, the craft beers, right? I'm going to say Allagash Choreo, which is like my favorite beer of all time. So you go inside your, ha- your, your place, and you're playing Atrian Odyssey, right? It's just this very, very, very casual 3D dungeon brawler. I mean, like, just, you know, you just explore. It's very stationary, right? It's not, like, action-packed, but it's just super relaxing. It it probably would be the most relaxing kind of RPG you'll ever play in your entire life, okay? And then you just waltz around. You go through dungeon to dungeon, right? All good. No big deal. You see some enemies. Okay, I'm gonna... You're gonna fight these enemies. It's kind of like the Dragon Quest style where, you know, it's, it's in front of your face. You don't see your main character. You fight. You try to win. You you most likely win. You get it by your dog. You get... You, you drink some of your Algash Choreo, right? And then... You know, you beat the enemies, you get some you get some coins or whatever currency they use, and, <laughs> and you go on your day. And look, nothing is surprising. It's just a very monotonous time. Uh, but it's not that monotonous because you have a hot dog and a beer. So it's all good. Very chill day. All and, right. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm going to go with Breath of the Wild. And mm. my reasoning mm. is... I mean, that game has dubious food, but I mean, when you have a hot dog, you're, you're pretty much set. Uh, very rarely do you do you eat a hot dog that makes you want to regret it, right? So usually pretty good. And you, you're probably going to need a beer uh, if you're trying to listen to this game because it really doesn't have a lot of music. So, I mean, at least with the beer, you might hear other things inside your head. And you're probably going to think there's music in the game that's going to increase your enjoyment of the game overall. Um, also, when when you have a hot dog and a beer, you're probably like thinking like a sporting event or something more social. So you're probably going to play the game with someone and it's going to distract you from, you know, the, the lack of... Uh, of uh, fun that you can experience in in the in the uh, in the main field. The dungeons are cool, but out and about, I don't know. It gets a little boring. So yeah, you're probably gonna need that beer or a bunch of them. <laughs> Controversial. I think some people would say the contents of a hot dog are dubious, but <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm just gonna pass by that real quick. Um, I had my favorite sandwich, a hot dog. And a beer of the root of the root variety. Oh, oh! Um, 
I th- I don't know that just, like Kevin said, it kind of screams weekend. It screams <laughs> you just finished a long work week. You didn't want to cook an extravagant meal. So you turn to just a sandwich and a soda. Um, I really brought that down from hot dog and beer, didn't I? Um, so it's the weekend. You're just looking to have fun. You don't. You want to play an RPG because you're part of the Nintendo Jump Discord. They're playing RPGs this month. You've put it off. You just need like a fun, short, quick experience. So you scan through your Switch and you find Undertale and you start it up. And that game's going to make you want spaghetti. It will. But you know what? You've got your hot dog. You're set. You're fine. A couple sips of your root beer. Um, you're in the world of Undertale and you're just having a great time. You don't have to worry about the mustard or ketchup dripping down your lip in between bites because... The combat is hands-on, but you don't have to think too much while playing it. It's just more of a laid-back type experience. You're laughing, you're taking a bite of your hot dog between laughs, and you're just downing it with your root beer. You're just having a great time playing Undertale, listening to Papyrus and Sands. Um, it's just the total sandwich and soda type game, so definitely go on with Undertale here. <laughs> nice. Ooh, very good. Ah, oh, man. I think I'm going to have to go with Kellen. I mean, yeah, you already struck points with the beer of the root variety. I mean, on that note, though, um, what is your favorite root beer? Oh, so they have this. I don't know if it's available anywhere else. It's called Brigham's Brew. It's a play on Brigham Young. And it is like this craft brewed root beer. And it comes in a, a dark glass bottle. And it's incredible. So I really like that as far as like mainstream. I do like Barks quite a bit. Um, okay. A&W from the Taps pretty solid as well. So, Wow. <laughs> That's pretty nice. And I do appreciate craft root beers. I don't remember the name of this one, but um, there is one from Louisiana. That's a, it's a root beer, but it's very dry. And it has a, it has a very unique flavor. But if I were to choose something that's more um, sort, of more, sort of more mainstream-ish, Virgil's root beer from Trader Joe's. Mm, I would take that. Pretty so. solid. Yeah. We actually have a root beer store in Salt Lake, just like wall-to-wall different kinds of root beers. So if you're ever out, you'll have to try it out. Sweet. Count me in. Uh, but back to your the, the reason why I chose yours. <laughs> I like how you like deconstructed hot dog to sandwich, <laughs> beer to soda, and then you talked about Undertale. I was like, yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like a good time. So yeah, I'll go. I'll it's all sleight of hand. I feel yeah. like I kind of cheated that one, but I'll take it. All right. Nice. So, Kelly, who who would you have voted for? Mm. Oh, it's weird because, Sergio, I think you had the better answer, but I really liked Kevin's argument. I feel like the way that he described it really transported me there. And so I think his <laughs> argument was just a little more solid, but I did like your dubious food references. So <laughs> it was tight, but I'm going to go with Kevin on that one. Thanks. And yeah, I did like your answer too, Sergio. Uh, I mean, look, you know, when you have a game where you're just like wandering around, meandering, and there's no music, like you gotta have something to tell on. I mean, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> is it a good game? I think that's subjective. No, no, it's a good game. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great game. Yeah. Anyway, that's good. Nice. We had a winner already, uh, Kellen, with three points. Woo! Woo! Nice. <laughs> and Kevin and I got a point each. So yeah, oh. Kellen definitely took it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Awesome. Well, that was a great time, Sergio. Thanks again for putting all that effort in. Uh, Sergio really set up this whole game and 
kind of put this episode on his back. So definitely appreciate all of the preparation that he did and getting all this ready. And I think that was a lot of fun. I hope it was worth the wait for this highly anticipated sequel. You know, you guys have all been refreshing your Spotify waiting for metagame episode two. And here it is. 114 <laughs> episodes later. Heck yeah. And I, yeah, thank you so much, Serge. Really appreciate, uh, just to pick back what Kellen said, um, that the time and the effort and the dedication you put into this, uh, much love and thank you so much so for sure hey, you're welcome mm-hmm. yeah so just as a reminder again to everyone um our rpg game of the month is winding down so these rpg themed episodes are going to be going away after next week when we do our game of the month episode we talk about the games we've played talk about the genre as a whole and so for those in our discord community keep your eyes up for the survey i will be posting that alongside this episode So if you could fill that out, we will discuss um, your responses during our next episode. So it's a really cool way to get involved with the show. So really excited about that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we'll also be starting our Game of the Month voting for next month. So we'll have to see if it's Bakugan or Pokemon Snap or (laughs) what have you. Um, I'm excited to see where the community goes with it. It'll be pretty exciting. But I think we have about... um, worn out our stay here this episode so i'm going to pass it back over to sergio to uh go back over answers for answers we got for last week's question yes last week we asked what's the most off the wall rpg that you have played that you would recommend we didn't get a lot of answers but the ones we got are from our discord uh participants for example dragon said a 3DS eShop title called The Dempa Man, they came by wave. It involved using the AR camera to search your surroundings and track down and recruit free-spirited Dempa Men onto your team in-game to take on a Dragon Quest-inspired series of dungeons and bosses. It was super wacky, but I really liked it. Oh, that's a great choice, Dragon. <laughs> that's <laughs> definitely off the wall. Deku Weku said, Secret of Evermore. It's an action RPG with a similar combat system as Secret of Mana. The premise was that you have to travel through several fantasy worlds dreamed up by their inhabitants, who was originally from the real world, to rescue them from a malevolent AI that created Evermore and trapped them there and returned them to the 1960s Podunk, USA. There's a classic B-movie feel to the narrative. It has cheesy dialogue and puns, too. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And Cube said, Barkley, shut up and jam, Gaiden, which is an old freeware JRPG about the titular basketball star trying to save the world. It's actually very well built and funny. <laughs> nice. So for my answer, I mean, I, I have to go with the Taikono Tatsujin, the Rhythm Adventure Pack. It's the drumming RPG. I mean, it's an RPG where the, the the battles are songs, basically, and you play them with the drum controller. And you can recruit the monsters that you get. You they, you add them to your party, and they help you with combos during battle. Um, and it's a two-pack, so you get two games in one. One is about time travel, and the other one is about multiple dimensions. So that's definitely off the wall. Yeah, no, that's a, that's pretty solid. And speaking of solid choices, and for those who may or may not heard of golf, golf oh, story no. is an <laughs> off the <laughs> golf story is an RPG that is an off off the wall RPG that I would I played and I would recommend. Um, I mean, look, you are pretty much this golfer, this underrated kid, person, man. 
thing, whatever. Like you're just this <laughs> golfer who is just trying to. You you got one shot, one opportunity. Eminem, lose yourself in the moment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mom's the, spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Yeah, that's right. Oh man. Um, I, I think I kind of messed up the lyrics earlier for me, but anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> which is very bad because I should know the lyrics. But um, you know. I think that golf story is just it's a ground time, you know, if you you know, you play golf, but it it's it's actually really fun in RPG uh package and the the dialogue is really funny. You know, there's I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's pretty good. Uh yeah, definitely the most off the wall RPG I've played and it works and I can't wait for the sequel, Sports Story, which I'm patiently waiting, so Cyber Games, uh I am. I remain awake, and I understand the delay that you had a while back, and appreciate the message. And uh, yeah, I hope we can see it sometime this year, or hopefully in twenty forty five. Just kidding. <laughs> now, hopefully, 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 soon, hopefully. Soon. Nice, uh, nice. So I'm gonna take us back to a time in handheld gaming that was kind of dark because it was pre Switch, and I'm going to call out a PSP game that was kind of off the wall. So we've all heard of Pokemon, unfortunately. We've all heard of Digimon, <laughs> fortunately. And we've all heard of Bakugan, if you are an intellectual. Um, but have you find gentlemen heard of Invisimals? Uh, I have, no, yes. No, I haven't. So <laughs> Invisimals was a game that required this weird attachment. It was a little camera that stuck to the top of your PSP. And you would walk around your house finding Invisimals. And they would appear like it used, um, I guess it would be AR, right? Augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Because on your PSP, you'd be seeing what the camera sees, but then there'd be these augmented little creatures that look like Pokemon that would appear around your house. And you would set down a card with like a QR code type thing that would basically summon your creatures onto that card to fight against this wild creature. So it could literally be off the wall. You could literally be fighting creatures off of your wall in your house. (laughs) It was such a weird concept to me because at the time I really liked Pokemon, um, but I was pretty into the PSP. So playing Pokemon wasn't an option on that. So when Invisimals came out, I was all in. And while it's definitely not as deep and I don't think they ever continued it past the first game, it was a really off the wall experience where I'd recommend it to people to try. It's probably really hard to find now just to have like a functioning PSP, the camera attachment in the game. But I thought it was a really cool development in kind of the monster catching, monster farming and raising genre of RPGs. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh, nice. Cool. A good pocket monsters catching game. (laughs) (laughs) No, but no, that's awesome. I, yeah, never heard of it before until now. So that's pretty wild. Yeah. Good answer. Mm-hmm. All right. This week's weekly question of the week for this week. What RPG game or series do you want to play but you just haven't gotten around to? And what about it entices you? Ooh, nice question. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We're going to jump out of here. If you haven't already, join our Discord group. The description for this episode has a link to it if you would like to join. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And check out our blog at nintendojump.blogspot.com. Send us any feedback you have at nintendojumppodcast at gmail.com. The best way to support this show is through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash nintendojump or by leaving a review for the show in your favorite 
podcast application. This is Sergio, and on behalf of Kevin and Kellen, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. See you guys. I think it was a really bad rendition, but um, it was from Final Fantasy VII, which is one of our... It's difficult to stand on both feet, isn't it? One of the tunes from the episode! Yeah, so... Oh, nice. Bye, everyone. Stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye. See you guys.